This is the Agent Mind Podcast. Welcome to episode six of the Agent Mind Podcast. I'm your host, TJ McGraw, and I'm an active investor and real estate agent, and I'm on a quest to define the perfect mindset in order to build wealth and live within your passions. The purpose of this show is to document and share all the great conversations I'm having with people who are much smarter than me. That includes successful people from across many professions, but each conversation is had through the lens of a real estate professional. Thanks for joining me on the journey. Now, if you enjoy what we're doing here, please subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, and check out the website, theagentmind.com. You'll find their blog, videos. You can schedule a call with me, sign up for a newsletter, get notifications about the show and events. So before we dig into the show, how would you like to free up more of your time, hand off those mundane admin tasks that slow you down so you can focus on the things that really drive revenue and put more money in your pocket? Well, Reva Global Virtual Assistants can do that for you. All of their skilled assistants specialize in helping real estate professionals with hundreds of tasks. Stop trying to do it all yourself. Have a virtual assistant do it for you. Check out Reba Global Virtual Assistants by heading over to theagentmind.com and click the link, learn more about virtual assistants. All right, let's get on with the show. I was so excited to have my guest today on. Um, it was so much fun talking to him. He was the lead character on A&E's Flip This House for a few seasons, but he's so much more than that. Um, he's definitely works from a place of integrity and insists on having a personal mission statement, which uh, I can't wait for you all to hear about. Um, his passion is truly like building relationships and networking. And you can definitely tell. Um, so we talk about investing from flipping houses, uh, long-term rentals, short-term rentals with, with Airbnbs, and so much more. So let's get on with it. Welcome to the show, everybody. Peter Pasternak. Hey, everybody. We got a special treat for you today. My guest is a true entrepreneur. He's a real estate investor, a creator of the Real Estate Connections, founder of the Real Estate Blueprint, which is a training and coaching program for investors. Um, the list goes on and on, but you may know him best from his lead role in A&E's hit television show, Flip This House. So please welcome Peter Pasternak. Peter, how are you today? Good morning. Thank you so much, TJ, for reaching out and giving me the opportunity because, as you know, I never miss an opportunity to get to speak to people. <laughs> I know. Like like I said just a, a moment ago before we started recording here, is uh, my, as my grandmother would say, you have the gift to gab, which is fantastic <laughs> for a podcast, so I can do less talking. <laughs> That's so, that's fine. Yeah. So uh, again, thanks for being on. I know um, you know a lot of people know you from Flip This House, but you're 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 uh, so much deeper than that as a human for sure. <laughs> you started out as a, as in, correct me if I'm wrong if I if I mess up some of the details, but you were a CPA running banks, and then you got into investing, and then so how did that how did that transition all happen and end up getting on a television show? Gosh, we only have an hour and stuff. You know, every day it takes me 18 minutes just to say hello to build the relationship. And so <laughs> that gives about 30 minutes. So you might have to invite me back. But here, here's a little bit about my, my background. So I went to um, college at the University of Georgia, go dogs. And I got my undergrad and master's degree in accounting. And, um, you know, I, my first job out of school was at Price Waterhouse. I'm a CPA. And, uh, you know, next week's my birthday. I'm going to be 61 years old. I don't feel a day over 35. I say that all the time. So right. I want you to picture this. 
uh, almost 40 years ago when I had five times this amount of energy in low QB hall price waterhouse. Didn't really fit, you know, um, it wasn't a great fit. But I learned a whole lot. And, you know, as a business owner and entrepreneur, there's nothing better than a business background so you can analyze your numbers and do things like that. So mm-hmm. after trying to figure out, okay, all my childhood life, I thought I wanted to be a partner in a CPA firm. And now I you know, had done it for, I had to do it for two years because once you get your license, you need that work experience in order to get your license. So um, I got into the banking world and, um, you know, was a banker for 20 years. And I started as an auditor of the bank. And by the time I was done, I was president of the bank. And so I am so passionate about business. And, and I always say, you know, when you ask entrepreneurs, hey, have, do you watch or you're a fan of Shark Tank? Everybody I know is a business has seen Shark Tank. Absolutely. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, you know, when you're president of the bank, loan committee is like Shark Tank. That's where we discuss the business and credit and the people to figure out whether, you know, they're going to get a loan or not. And so, but it's a lot more in depth than, you know, the 15 minutes of uh, television, just like when we talk about flip this house in a <laughs> couple minutes, um, you know, to, to figure that out. But I learned a whole lot about businesses and, you know, all different types, everything from manufacturers to service to distributors and, you know, really getting a good grasp on the challenges for each type of business and and, uh, how you improve your profitability. And and so, you know, one of my favorite things is when um, I'm dealing with a new entrepreneur uh, talking about like, you know, what do they want and, 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 and kind of, you know, using all my years of experience of how to make a business run. So fast forward um, in 2004, um, I got in touch with my entrepreneurial side. Now I grew up, uh, I was born and raised in Connecticut and my dad owned a Dunkin' Donuts and a restaurant. So I grew up in an entrepreneurial business. So you remember that um, commercial, gotta get up to make the donuts? Oh, well, yeah. we lived it, you know, we yeah. lived it. I actually that. grew up in Massachusetts, so I'm a, a big fan of Dunkin' Donuts, and I remember that yes. commercial well. <laughs> yeah, still has the best coffee. I still mm-hmm. love to drink the coffee every day. But anyway, so I had the opportunity. Um, I had a client of the banks that owed a commercial printing company, um, almost a thousand employees, a fifty thousand square foot facility, and there were two older gentlemen, and they really wanted to get out. So they said, "Look." We're going to give you six months to come and run, run the business. And then you got to decide whether you want to buy us out or not. So I did that. And I will say this is probably the most challenging work and business I've ever done. Why? Because we had three shifts, right? Three eight-hour shifts. And, you know, uh, like I said, almost a thousand employees. And so the mentality of people that work, you know, the late shift or the, you know, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., very different. And we had a lot of people that, you know, made $10 an hour and you had people that made six figures. And so it was such a diverse workforce, uh, let alone there were a lot of people that, you know, did not speak English. And, um, you know, I always have had an open door policy. And I always I always laugh when I say this, TJ, because, you know, when I said an open door policy, people really believed it. And I mean, it was like my day was just spent, you know, with with people. Um, so I did that and, and I liked it. And um, in the year 
in a year after I bought the company, I bought six other companies. All the companies I bought needed printing. So I used what they needed to build my revenue for the commercial printing company. So think of it now. Now I own seven companies, you know, working seven days a week, working a hundred plus hours. And, you know, I really felt a deep responsibility because, you know, I had a thousand people that, you know, and now it's more, I had six other companies, so a thousand yeah. plus who really depended on me for their livelihood. And I took that personally. So um, during that time, I met my best friend uh, was my personal trainer. And um, he was 15 years younger, kind of the little brother I never had. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that time he was like 28, 29. And he used to say he never wanted to be a 40 year old personal trainer. Because unless you owned, you really had a ceiling, the amount of money you could make. And if you know anybody who's done personal training, there's a lot of downtime. People want to train before they go to work and after the work. And there's very few people that train during the day. Mm -hmm. So I said to him one day, Brian, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he said, well, I want to get into real estate investing because he said, you know, um, back in his past life, he actually, he and his first wife um, had lived in New York. And, you know, some of the people he talked to all who were well off, who used his personal training, always had, um, some type of involvement in real estate. So mm -hmm. he, he put in his head, real estate makes money. And so he wanted to get into it. So I said, look, Brian, okay. But again, I'm working seven days a week, seven companies, a hundred plus hours. I did not have much time to do this. So we started and, you know, here's a good and the bad part about me. When I start, I can't do anything a little. I might say I'm going to do it alone. I'm either all in or not. And yeah, so, um, I, right? <laughs> because I'm passionate. If I'm not passionate yeah. about something, I don't do it. You know, and I never mind saying no because I have to say no to certain things or say yes to things I'm most passionate about. So, you know, if I'm involved in something, I really, yeah. really like let, it. And let me interrupt you just for one moment because that's what you just said is huge and i don't want to i don't want to zip by it they being able to say no to things is is a smart move because it, it gives you the opportunity to really be a hundred percent in the things that you say yes to if you say yes to everything you're not in a hundred percent all right so you you open the pandora's box here teach <laughs> so i i want to you know i always feel like an obligation to help share my experiences and mentor a little bit mm -hmm. so in order to be able to say no, in order to say yes, what you want, you have to realize something. And so I always say, I think one of the worst uh, habits a person can have is being a people pleaser. Now, when I say that to a lot of people I mentor, they look at me and I said, look, so let me, let me kind of explain what I mean. You can't give what you don't have. And you've got to have your own personal power and you can't give it away. And I know this um, broadcast is about personal development. So I don't mind going down this road for a yeah, little bit. Absolutely. Right. And so when you're a people pleaser, you're really giving your power to others. And I always use this statement and, and I want, I'm going to say it twice because it's really, it's a guiding principle for me. And here it is. I don't let other people rent space in my head. Mm-hmm. I do not let people rent space in my head because I realize that people's, 
what they think can change. And if I'm so worried about what they think, then I'm not doing what's best for me. And, you know, as you're an entrepreneur, if you're a realtor and in real estate, you are an entrepreneur, you get to decide what you're going to do and not do. You've got the opportunity to, you know, take that ceiling and lift it and make it higher. And so it, it's really important that it's a mindset. Um, and that's why some people have trouble making the transition because they're used to a a paycheck. They're used mm-hmm. to, they do work today in two weeks or a month, they're going to get a check. And when you're an entrepreneur, what you do today could be three, six, nine, 12 months away. And you have to understand that cycle. Okay. All right. So now let's go back to the, the show. <laughs> that was good. That was a good tangent. I, I appreciate Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so when I got involved, I started watching TV. And I saw Flip this house and um, I I said to Brian, look, you know, I kind of like what these people are doing. But, you know, again, we're on our fourth flip and eight months into this and like the energy of the universe supported. And I got a call from uh, one of the realtors who was on there and she wanted to use my properties, mm-hmm. but in order to use my properties, I wanted to be involved. So, you know, reality TV is not total reality. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. And some people get crazed because they think it's a documentary and, and, and it's not, it's still about, while there's some educational piece, it's still about entertainment. Mm-hmm. So Brian and I started in the first season we were on, we were shown as the investors, which we were. They were my houses. Now, it, here's where it gets a little bit interesting. Sometimes in life, you have to be willing to give something up in order to get something bigger. And one of the things I said to Brian when we first got on TV was, look, TV is going to come and go. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to run our business with integrity and do what's right. So during that time we were on as the investors, um, and again, it, it looked like the realtor was doing more than she was because that's how it was set for TV. But the truth was all she did was find us a properties. You know, if you know anything about my personality, you're not gonna tell me what to do. That, that, that's not gonna be like a, an ingredient for something that's gonna work in the relationship here. Oh yes. And so there was some stuff that happened that I didn't like. And I, so I said, Brian, we're going to take a stand doing what's right. Mm-hmm. So I caught the network and I said, look, I am going to finish the taping. I'm not going to leave anybody high and dry, but I'm not interested in continuing because there's stuff and I'm not even going to go into it that you probably have heard too. That's true. And I won't do business like that. Mm-hmm. A week after the phone rang and they said, Peter, you're the guy we want to be the lead character next season. Nice. So I had to be willing to give up Mm -hmm. doing what I felt was right in order to go from just being on the show 
to being the lead character on there. And I don't share that with a lot of people because, you know, truth is most people don't really care about that. But the only bring, way I bring it up is because I think it's important that you have a mission statement, just like I have a personal mission statement. And I'm going to share that with you because anytime I do a uh, interview or podcast, I share with people because it's a driving force. And I really encourage everybody to have a personal mission statement. So here's mine. Every day I will positively affect as many people as possible. Now, that drives me to do a lot of what I'm doing at 60 and next week, 61 years old, because I truly want to get back and help people and positively affect them. So going back to the show for three seasons, I was a lead character and, and actually there's still about 10 or 15 episodes. So you can go on demand and, and watch some of those. Um, now, a lot of people ask me is, is like everything make believe. And I say, <laughs> no, they're just really a few things. So for us, you know, most of the investing that I was doing at that time was uh, buying two bedroom, one baths, adding four to 600 square feet, making three bedrooms and two baths. And now when you knock down walls, I didn't need to make up like, you know, um, uh, problems, right? I didn't need to make up drama. Because you're going to find stuff you don't like when you knock down walls. If you've done this once, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, you know, some of the people that didn't do some of the um, bigger types of flips that I did, you know, there were times I think they needed to, like, develop some type of drama. They didn't need to do it on mine. Um, and so, you know, the show was great. And but I was very clear that. I didn't want to be on TV to be on TV. I wanted to be on TV to help build my brand and my business. I'm a business person. And, uh, you know, even today, while the last taping I did was in 2009, so 12 years ago, people still remember me. It's yeah, gave yeah. me the opportunity to speak at real estate offices, at organizations, and, and really do a few other projects. Because I always say I think I'm the most normal person. Now, question mark, Norm, what's normal? But I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty down to earth guy. Yeah, definitely are. Right. And, um, you know, but there's some people that when they know you're on TV, they just they just want to meet you. And they think there's like, oh, my God, there's like this magic. And the truth is, I'm just, a, you know, I'm a pretty down to earth guy that um, likes talking to people. And the thing that I'm most passionate about is relationships. Right. Mm -hmm. So once we're on TV, I sold my other companies because, you know, I really liked doing this. And, um, you know, some people think I've been in real estate forever. And really, it's the last 15 years. But in 2010, I created um, a company called Real Estate Connections. Mm -hmm. And the reason I did is, as you probably could tell, I've never really met a stranger. Right. And I love going out networking. I love meeting people. And I would go to a lot of events. And it was really hard to meet people that I could do business with because a lot of the events I went to were general. And so the great thing about being an entrepreneur is if you don't find something, create it. Mm -hmm. Now, when I was doing that, I did what I would call a quasi focus group. I went to several, you know, 
brokerages and friends who are managing brokers are owned some real estate companies. And I said, look, what's it going to take for you to want to support and you know attend this network event? And I heard a wide range of different uh, things. But most people said, that's the most crazy idea you've ever seen. And it made me think about Shark Tank when Mr. Wonderful would say, take that idea, go in the back and just, you know, shoot it, get rid of it out there. But here's something I truly believe. It's just to interrupt you one moment, because it's, that's important as well. Um, When you, when you see a need for something, clearly not a lot of people have seen that same need. So you're going to run into resistance and that's where some people stop. They get the, no, that's never going to work. That's never going to work. But if you can push past that, if you really believe in it, I mean, you get, look what you've created. So it's, you know, it, it, it's definitely a, a mindset thing to kind of push through and know that you've got a great idea. And that All right, TJ, together. <laughs> I love that. But let's just take it a little bit further, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's go back to something I said. I don't let anybody rent space in my head. Mm-hmm. However, to be successful you've got to be able to articulate to people what's in it for them, not you, right? Definitely. So, you know, 10 years later, real estate, before COVID never missed a month of real estate connections and build it to over 300 people a month because I was able, now I had a tweak. As an entrepreneur, sometimes you don't get it right the first time. Mm-hmm. And as time changes and, and circumstance change, you've got to, you know, figure out what you need to make it better. And so I did, but I am very clear on how to articulate what's in it for them. And, that, and, and for anybody who's listening, if you have an idea and you really believe in, make sure you're not articulate what's in it for you. There's nothing wrong that there's something in it for you, but you got to make sure there's enough in it for others to sustain it. You could do something for yourself and it can be short and transactional, but if you want to build something for long-term, you've got to be able and have clarity because at the end of the day, people aren't really that, they're a lot more worried about what's in it for them than what's in it for you. Oh yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, like I said, before COVID never missed a month and um, build it up to 300 plus people. And, you know, it became almost like my baby, you know, I mean, people who have been in the Atlanta market have heard about real estate connections, you know, the largest. And the thing that I'm so proud of is the ability of how I've been able to connect people. And that's what I'm so passionate about networking and connecting people. And, um, you know, in 2016, uh, you know, Danny Faircloth, who, you know, during the years, he and I became friends and then started to do some things together, um, said to me, look, you want more than something that's just a, a, a day, a month. So we created Real Estate Connections, a group on Facebook. So if you're a realtor or you touch anything, you need to get on Facebook to Real Estate Connections. Mm-hmm. Be, and when we started, to be honest with you, I thought, you know, maybe we have 1,000, 1,500, maybe 2,000 people in the group. And I kept the group clean. What does that mean? If you're not in real estate, and when I say real estate, I'm talking about the sphere of influence, a realtor, a lender, an investor. I mean, anybody that provides services, then the group is not for you. Mm-hmm. And as of today, it has grown. We have over 20,000 people in the yeah, group. Yeah. 
and it's it, not endorse it a little bit it's a, it's a, i've posted a couple questions in there and immediately you get solutions from the group members it's, it's a fantastic network for sure yeah and i was going to say that it's not that there's just twenty thousand people it's how engaging it is mm -hmm. and you know you have people from all over the country and you know agents have used it. i have a friend that used to live here that now he um, has a brokerage in florida and there are times where her posts that you know he's got some people that are looking for um, um to be shown some houses here in georgia um he wants a referral fee but he finds you know when he posts that there i can't tell how many people are like pick me pick me pick me on there and yeah. so um again it's seeing a need and then being able to capitalize on that so anyways love that love networking but you know during the 2010 up to now i kind of skipped over a few different things um i'm still a real estate investor but one of the things i realized is in addition to flipping i wanted more residual income right and what i realized in order to do that then i needed to be able to uh, have some rental properties and so i started increasing my portfolio of rental properties and then uh about a year and a half ago in some of those properties besides having rentals i made them some airbnbs because people are always asking me about different real estate investing and what i would tell you is if you have not done that type you don't know like what the problems are and, and what you need to be thinking about because an airbnb the issues i've had with that are different than my long-term renters right and so I'm a big believer, like if you're a realtor out there, I think that's awesome. Now, I never got my real estate license and a lot of people ask me why. And really for me, it's because my networking event, if I had uh, my real estate license, then people would not support me from other agencies. I would not be able to go and speak at other real estate offices. And so I just help everybody instead of, you know, having all my eggs in one basket. And I have been recruited by many people to try to get my license, but that's not something I'm really interested in, in doing. Yeah. So residual income, so important, because again, if you're a realtor, you're only as good as your last transaction, right? And so you get to a point where you go, okay, get, I, I want to keep that, but what can I do that if I don't have as many transactions, I can still make money. And that's a mindset. And so if your people have read books and they understand the four quadrants, they understand that as you're going to move forward, you really want to have things that, you know, I pick my checks up on my, you know, rental properties. Mm -hmm. And uh, now, I have a property manager. I don't want to be a landlord. That's another thing, you know, because I want to be able to do what I like best. And one of the other things that's important uh, that I really love is building teams. And I believe that you will make more money if you delegate to people who are good at some of the stuff you don't want to be good at. So you can focus on making money on the things, you know, my time is not best spent trying to get tenants for my rental properties. Mm -hmm. I'm out there because I can delegate that, but there's certain stuff that I can't delegate somebody going speaking at a, you know, a convention or, you know, at my networking event and, and that type of thing. So you've got to be able in order um, 
to kind of let go. And I think a lot of problems that entrepreneurs have is thinking that they're the best and nobody else can do it as well as them. Now, mm-hmm. while that might be true, the question, the next question you have to ask yourself is, okay, well, if I don't delegate now, where's my ceiling? Because you only have 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. And so they may not do it as well, but if you train them and teach them, you know, what is the point for you that that's good enough so you can go and still keep doing and doing and doing and doing. So, you know, for me during the uh, COVID, uh, I always say that there, there are three things that have come about that I'm always trying to find the positive things, right? And being an entrepreneur, I'm usually working on a couple things and there are a few other things I want to work on, but they're just the priority is as high. So the first positive thing I always start with is I have a nine-year-old godson um, named Leighton Trump. And about a year and a half ago, his family moved from Atlanta to Jacksonville, which was uh, tough for me. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, during last year, when kind of the schools closed down for a bit, I got to spend more time with him and homeschool him. And um, he came to Atlanta a couple more times. So I, I never will be able to get back the additional time that I got with him. So that was a yeah. gift. Then the second thing is, is uh, as you know, TJ, uh, Denny and I sat down and um, one of the things we wanted to do was to teach um, investors. And now we've kind of, uh, when we talk about tweaking really realtors, how to do investing so that they can get residual income. Right. And there, and so that that's been great because I love talking about real estate investing and the different ways and the mindset. And so, uh, that's been great. And then the third thing was uh, Danny and myself and a dear friend of ours, uh, Dee Dee Lee, who owns a um, property management company. We sat and we said, look, we love residual income. And one of the ways, and, and there are a lot of real estate companies that talk about the importance of being involved. First of all, as realtors investing, I think that's a really key point, but also of being able to get residual income. So uh, we took a look at this company that we partnered with um, that you're able to do residual income off utilities, right? And Mm -hmm. as an agent, and so I'm always about how to tweak this. So while anybody can get residual incomes off of utilities, I, I have focused my energy in the real estate realm. So same thing that people be at a real estate connections, realtors, property managers, lenders, they're dealing with people that are moving into house. So when you take care of your clients and some of your clients expect you to help them with the utilities, right? Whether you think that's your job or not, when you take care of your clients and they have a better experience, what happens? They tell their friends, they tell their neighbors, and now you get better reviews and you start getting more referrals. Mm-hmm. If you don't do a good job and you don't think doing helping on utilities is your job and that's what they remember and they tell their friends or their neighbors, guess what? <laughs> now, no, not no, only no. are you not getting from them, but people are like, oh, I was thinking about using TJ and stuff, but he doesn't take care of his clients. Yeah. So it's a great way. And, you know, people are interested. You know, I'm talking to TJ. I'm going to, you know, before it's done in a few weeks, you know, TJ is going to end up and doing this with me because <laughs> all my friends are doing this. And I, I know that he's entrepreneurial and he doesn't want, A, he wants to take care of his clients, but he Absolutely. also yeah. wants to take care of getting more residual income. 
So yeah. as a side yeah. note, I have a appointment to, to talk to uh, your connection over there. So next month. Okay. <laughs> okay. Awesome. We can talk I'll, more I'll about that here. offline. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Out there. So anyways, uh, those are just, you know, a few things. And so, you know, I've been talking for a while, so I'm going to take a breath and now be able to have you ask me any questions or anything you want me to expand. On. Yeah. I just, I love hearing you talk. That's why I just let you roll. Cause you just, you, you know, it's, and you can see your mind working and, and you, you can absolutely tell it comes through. You're passionate about sharing your experiences and your knowledge to help other people grow. So, I, I mean, there are so many great nuggets in there. I suggest anybody listen to this, like listen to this episode again, because I think each time you listen to it, you're going to pull little pieces out of what, what Peter said, because there's just so much. And I didn't want to interrupt and stop you because <laughs> it, was, it was going so good. But there's a couple of things that you said that I just kind of want to point out as, as okay. kind of a recap on this. Um, you mentioned a few times that, that there's, you have uh, principles that you really live by and that's how you conduct your business is through these principles and one of them is is being able to say no not being a people pleaser i've heard it called the, the disease to please because that can be very detrimental to you getting ahead if you're just always helping other people spreading yourself too thin so but the, the main point there is that is the the principles and you mentioned uh, integrity and a lot of people get a television show i know I, I can't say that i wouldn't be you know pretty excited about being on tv and i would do anything you know, just to mm. be on TV. So having that integrity and that, um, that vision to see past just being, you know, a personality on television and really truly using it as a, as a stepping stone to build a business and having that foresight looking into the future. Um, I think that's fantastic. Those principles are just that integrity, the being able to knowing yourself and knowing your capacity, and then, you know, designing your life around that. And then um, really, I think a lot of agents, the audience here is specifically, you know, real estate agents, um, we get into that chasing that transaction, chasing that transaction. And oftentimes we don't, even though it might be in the back of our mind, like you know, we don't want to do this forever. We don't want to be, you know, driving the car around, showing people houses all day and all weekend, all night. Um, but we get so busy and wrapped up into that, that uh, we, before you know it, so much time has passed and we haven't gone back to thinking about what are we going to do when we get burnt out or how do we prevent getting burnt out? So the building wealth and, and the, the, the things that you've, you've said about that, there's so much, if once you can kind of shift your mentality from being self-employed because you're still employed, you just, you just have yourself, you own your own job to moving over to being a owning the systems as a, you know, speaking of the quadrants from, from cash flow quadrants um, and Robert Kiyosaki, um, moving over to being a, a business owner and owning the system. So you can step away for a period of time, come back. If it's a system, good system, then you're, the company's going to grow. You're still going to be making money and all that. So, and it's not a bad thing. It's not, a lot of people think that it's, if you want to make money, you're, you're bad, but that's, I mean, that's how the world works. That's how the economy works. So making money is a good thing. And yeah. So let me just uh, add one thing there too, Jay. So I, here's another saying that I use. You can't give what you don't have. Mm -hmm. And so some people think it's selfish when you take care of yourself, but it's almost like when you go on the airplane and they tell you, you know, things going down, put the, the mask over you before your kids, mm -hmm. because you can't help them if like, you know, you, you, you died on there. And so 
I never feel badly for taking care of myself because I have to, there's certain things I have to do to replenish myself, mm-hmm. you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, in order to be able to help others. So a lot of times it's just a shift in your mindset in order to make sure that you don't get, you know, burned out mm-hmm. and that you have clarity. And I, I think it's really important to hang around other people that are doing the same thing because you're going to meet a lot of resistance in your life when you go from being, you know, most people's mindset is they just want to be an employee. And when you decide to do something that's different from that, you're going to have a lot of naysayers and you're going to have people that tell you you can't. But the truth of the matter is the only person who decides what you can do and you can't do is that person you see when you look in the mirror. And so, and that's why personal development and that's why, your personal mission statement, some people call it your why, is so important because that personal mission statement or why has to be greater than the things that happen in your life. Because nobody's life goes like this, right? Everybody's is up and down. And so if you don't, if your strength is not, you know, strong enough to put you through the tough times, then you're not going to make it. Yeah, you have to have that that compass, that you know, that pin, that pinpoint on the map that you're always going towards. And as life kind of, you know, moves you around, storms come and throw you off course. You can always know where to go back to that that point on the map. So no doubt, that's awesome. Yeah, no doubt. So the um, one more thing, I know we're running out of time here, but um, you you definitely mentioned um, relationships and. Um, I know you touched on it pretty with uh, real estate connections and growing that group and all that. Dig into that just a little bit more. And especially from a, a standpoint of a real estate agent, of course, we know that relationships is the way that we you know, get more business and, and grow our business. How can relationships take you from being transaction to transaction into the next level of a different mentality, different mindset? Love the question, but you know, always sometimes I just take it and just oh, stretch yeah. it just a little bit bigger. Which I'm expecting you to. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when I'm talking about relationships, I'm not just talking about being a realtor. I'm just talking about in life, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, we all are in a relationship business. And I always say this, I never like break down like my personal life and business life. There's 24 hours in a day. And, and so I think people think that they can compartmentalize, but I don't really think that that serves you well. So how do you make relationships work? Okay. You make them work because you understand that both people have to get something out of it, right? If, you, if only one person in the relationship get something out of it, it will be short term, right? So I'm going to ask the question a little bit differently. As a realtor, you know, I think people get in trouble when they post, hey, I'm a realtor. If you know anybody buying or selling, well, here's the truth. People do business with people they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. So this is not a short process, right? A lot of times people want things that are quick. It's not. Building relationships take time. Now, uh, you're married, right, TJ? Yes. Okay. So when I usually teach my class, on like how I've networked and used LinkedIn to grow my database to close to 40,000 people. 
I asked this question and you're going to think like, oh my God, that's the stupidest question, but then I'm going to connect a dot here. Did you ask your wife to marry you on the first day? No, I didn't. I know where you're going with that. It was, okay. it was a lot of work. Okay. Why not? Yes, <laughs> it was, uh, it would have been a, a very silly question. Is I had to build that trust, you know, hundred percent, right. Be, be a little funnier than I, than I was the first meeting, I think. Yeah. All right. So that's my point. Mm -hmm. So isn't it a mind, isn't it crazy that minds that people go to a networking event in order to like throw up on people and just hand business cards out. If you understand that people do business with, they know, like, and trust, why would somebody do business with you or give you a referral when they don't know who the heck you are? Mm -hmm. So you have to buy into the premise that you're going to give before you ask. I always do that, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I meet people, I want to know like what their goals are, what their challenges are, and how I can help them. Because if I ask you how I can help you, and I help you, logically, you now feel like you owe me. Now you don't, but you at least want to support and do that. So the key in building relationships is figuring out how to help others first. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And when yeah. you do, and, and let me just say this, it's not always one-on-one, -on -one, right? When I help somebody, I truly don't expect anything in return, but here's what my experience of life has been. I believe in karma. The more I seem to help people, the more opportunities come my way. Oh yes. Right. And I believe in love and abundance. I don't understand the people who have a mindset that if I help you, I'm taking away from me. And why would I take away from me? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be around those types of people. Yeah. It's definitely right. a, a, a negative, you just feel that energy is just off. A hundred percent, right? And so the key to relationships is figuring out what you can do to help others, how you're going to give. And the byproduct, when you have those relationships, then people want to help you. Then they give you referrals. They become your best marketing tool. Mm -hmm. I always say this. People spend a lot of money trying to figure out, like, you know, how do I attract people? Here's the truth. If you want the world to be kinder, be kind yourself. If you want to do X, make sure you're doing it. Because the best law of attraction is somebody looks at you and says, I want to be you. Now, what are you doing? And then, you know, you've built a good relationship. Yeah, man, this has been so good. Uh, I, everything you said, I, like, I'd love to just recap the whole thing and, uh, and, and pull out the points. Or you can invite me again. Danny always, Danny always gives me a hard time. He goes, oh my God, Peter, it takes you so long just to, uh, you know, get to the meat. I'm like, because I'm building the relationship first. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the fun part. I'm not going to right thing because there's, there's some people who don't know me. Not everybody watched Flip This House. Not everybody knows who I am. I mean, easy to find out. I'm, I have a Wikipedia page, you know, I mean, um, but at the same time, that to me is the joy. And I want to say one other thing, and then you can wrap it up. Yeah, absolutely. And that's this. You take as much time as you need. <laughs> See, I don't believe we ever get to the finish line, right? Until you're six feet under, and then it's questionable we're still on the finish line. But here's my point. You have to enjoy the process. Because as entrepreneurs, here's what happens. When you reach a goal, 
that line keeps going further back. You want more. You have other things you want to do. So if you don't enjoy the process, don't don't do it. And so part of my process that I love is talking to people. Part of my process is getting to know people. Part of my process is figuring out how I can positively affect the lives. And so for me, that's a fun part. Yeah, I'm going to share some of my experiences and different things, but it's to me, that's not the important part. It's what that can do to others. If I say something that can help somebody make their life easier, then that's what I get my satisfaction. That's the process for me that I enjoy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Peter, thanks so much. This has been fantastic. And um, the, I guess the only thing left here is, uh, I, I, other than Googling your name, which is, is pretty easy to find you online, how do people find you online? Awesome. So a couple ways. Uh, my email is Peter at real estate connections with an S group.com. Peter at real estate connections group.com. Uh, my last name, Pasternak, P A S T E R N A C K. Friend me on Facebook or on LinkedIn. And for all your realtors out there, if you got something out of this, Make sure you join the Real Estate Connection group. My picture's on there at the top. We've got 20,000 plus people. I know that you will get a whole lot out of that. Yeah, I can attest to that for sure as a realtor and in, in posted on there questions. Like I said earlier, it's it, it's an instant uh, resource for not just realtors, but you know, like you said, loan officers, anybody that's in or surrounded in the real estate businesses. It's fantastic. So thank you for, for providing that service. Um, thanks for being on the show today. You have a great one. Thank you so much for having me, TJ. Anytime. We'll have to have you back because I think. Please do. Unpack some more of that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Peter.